in my stupid intro music. I'm I'm working on it, and I'm pretty sure it's just the hi-fi drag, and I have no idea um, how to fix it. So we're just going to have to suffer through this beta together, you guys. Um, tonight's question um, is from Moonstar48. First, I want to thank you for having a name that's really super easy to pronounce. No, I mean that. Thank you, Moonstar. Really. Thank you so much. And I'm not even being sarcastic because some of you bitches in fandom don't even... What? Come on now. Why can't you all be Jane? <laughs> it's just craziness. Some of the things you call yourselves. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> Her question is, how do you go about encouraging a young writer to write? I try to support my daughter as a writer, but sometimes I feel I should do more. Then I feel like I am pushing her to write when she might not want to. What is the line that I shouldn't cross while giving the most support? One thing I know is not to do is I have asked to see her or read any of her work without her permission. I write, I wait and let her ask me to read something. That is actually super important. It's super, super important. Um, one of the most invasive things you can do to a writer, whether that writer is 8 years old, 18 years old, or 80 years old, is read their work without your without their permission. Don't pick up notebooks. Don't open up their computer. The invasion is so extreme. I can't even tell you. One of the worst things that I ever experienced as a writer when I was in high school is this boy... <laughs> walked by my desk and whipped my notebook off of my desk. And it was my private notebook, not my class notebook, and I was writing this fantasy novel in it about... It doesn't matter what it was about. It doesn't matter. He opened it up and he started reading it, and I was devastated. I mean, I was just overwhelmingly devastated. I burst into tears. I was in hysterics. My teacher um, lost it on him, and she snatched that book out of his hand. And, I mean, it was just like, it was literally the most invasive thing I'd ever had done to me at the time. It was such an invasion of my privacy. And um, he apologized every day for, like, the rest of our junior year. And to this day, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you, I've not forgiven him. I don't think I ever will, because it was such an, and when I published, and he found out about it, he wrote, he wrote me an email congratulating me on being published, and asked permission to buy my book, and I gave it, but I still don't forgive him, I, and I know, I know that he wouldn't do it today, and he learned a very valuable lesson that day about um, respecting people's property and, and their privacy, but he was vilified by most of our class. They were terrible to him because I cried, and I wasn't a crier. I wasn't someone who cried. If I, I mean, I'm, I broke my arm in, in high school, in literally in the school. I fell and broke my arm, and it was a compound fracture. And um, I didn't cry. <laughs> I fell off some bleachers in the gym because these guys were tussling and there was a crowd and um, they were just joking around, goofing off. They weren't fighting or anything. And I got 
jarred, and I fell off the bleachers, and I broke my arm in a very terrible, terrible, no good way. But I had a really great doctor, and I don't even have a scar. But anyway, <laughs> I didn't cry, and they all knew. <laughs> She's like, she burst into tears, dude. She didn't even cry when she broke her arm in half. You're an asshole. And they treated him like an asshole for the rest of our junior year. And... um by senior year, you know he um, he stopped getting flack for it, but um, yeah. So that as just don't ever read a writer's work without their permission. Just don't ever do it. I don't care if that writer is your child. Don't open up their diary. Don't read their journal online. Don't look at their Tumblr. Don't monitor their email like you're a fucking Nazi. I see those things, those parental monitors, where they monitor and they like screen cap people, you know, kids' computers. Look, if you don't trust your kid on the internet, don't let your fucking kid on the internet. Don't treat them like a criminal in their own home. I am so serious about this. If you don't trust your kid with a cell phone, don't let them have one. But don't monitor it like you're the fucking state and they're on parole. It's that simple. My sister does not trust my oldest niece with the Internet. She does, She is not allowed to have a tablet that has Internet connection to it. She is not allowed to have the password for the Internet to use the home computer without supervision because my niece is an idiot. Not my young one that I favor, but the old one. The, I'm the older one. Um, and she's an idiot because she's got hormones and she's a girl and she's 12 and she did something extremely stupid involving a selfie. In very little clothes. And now she's paying for it. She'll be paying for it for a very long time. She's not even allowed to have a cell phone anymore. So, And that's how you handle a kid who does something they're not supposed to do. You punish them for it. You don't treat them like... But most kids aren't going to do stupid shit like that, I hope. And if they do, and you find out about it, you punish them for it. But you don't monitor your kid like... Oh, God, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. The very idea is horrific. And I'm not a mom, and um, I, I'm i not telling you how to parent your kid, but if you don't trust your kid, then why the fuck are you letting your kid on the Internet? It's a simple question. Claire says you don't pre-punish, and I agree. You're, you're punishing your kid for shit they haven't even done. Or worse, you're punishing your kid for shit other people might do on the Internet in front of them. If you don't want your kid on Tumblr looking at porn, don't let them have access to a computer in a private place. Because they're not going to look up porn in the middle of the living room unless they're brave as shit. And if they're that brave, I'm not so sure you should be punishing them for looking up porn in front of you. Because that's that's ballsy. I've got to admire that kind of gumption. I would get mad, but I would definitely admire it as well. I'm just saying, I would. Um, my sister... This is totally off topic, but we're going to do it for a second. My sister called me when my Padawan, my Padawan has a little laptop, uh, a little netbook, um, a little Chromebook that um, he uh, he inherited from, I think, my mother. Uh, and she calls me. She says, oh, my God, he's on Tumblr, and there's all this porn. And I was like, And? She says, well, what do I do? Do I confront him about it? I said, about what? Looking at tits? Come on. I said, he's 14. He's going to look at tits. 
it could be worse. I said, is he looking at torture porn? And she went, no. I said, well, is he looking at, like, animal cruelty videos that are, like, supposed to be titillating? And she said, no, of course not. I was like, well, is he looking at, I don't know, child stuff? And she was like, no, no, they're grown women. And I was like, well, then shut up. Let him jerk off in the bathroom. It'll be fine. It'll be fine, okay? It'll be fine. I'm just saying. Just put it into perspective for you. It could be worse. Anyways, okay, back to growing a writer. So don't look at their work. You're right. You're absolutely right, Moonstar. Don't look at their work without permission. It's um, it's terribly invasive, and it can be very hurtful, and it can even harm them um, creatively. I mean, because writing is a very private and creative process, and the choice to share it with somebody else is, is a big one. It is huge. It is a huge moment when you open yourself up to the judgment of another person, and to have that moment taken from you and be exposed to someone's judgment without your permission on a creative work is um, it, it's horrific. When I was very young, I told my mother I wanted to be a writer and an archaeologist and an astronaut and I think a firefighter um, and maybe a cop. And uh, For a while there, yeah, I was pretty into archaeology. And when I told my mother I wanted to be an archaeologist, she said, okay. She bought me a book on being an archaeologist. And when I told her I wanted to be an astronaut, she took me to um, space museums, and she bought me stuff about Sally Ride, and she let me stay home and watch the um, launches of shuttles from school. I was always sick on launch day for the shuttle and um, until, well, until Challenger. And I called my mother in hysterics um, because I was at home watching it by myself. I was so excited because a teacher, a woman, was going to go into space, and I was so excited. I was so excited. And, of course, you know, Challenger exploded. And, um, oh, Mom had to come home from work. <laughs> I, was, I was inconsolable for weeks. Um, but um, it was such a tragic, such a – and it really, I mean, it kind of um, – So that kind of ended my dream to be an astronaut, to be honest, because uh, I was so emotionally um, upset and devastated by it. But I still wanted to be an archaeologist until I was like 12 or 13. And um, I, wrote, I wrote my first book when I was a teenager, and um, I told my mom – I had told my mom over the years that I wanted to be a writer, and I've always been the storyteller in my family, and whenever we get together um, – They'll be like, hey, tell a story, tell a story, tell us a story. And I'll tell them a story, and sometimes it's terrible. And uh, Most of them are funny because that's what people want from me when I'm in, in my family. And, of course, you know, um, their favorite story, my family's favorite story from me is a story about two psychotic chickens. Um, 
And um, so, yeah, I tell the two psychotic chicken story a lot to new people who are marrying into my family, or um, I told the two psychotic chicken story to my cousins. Um, my second, well, my 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 first cousins have kids now, and so the kids get that story too, and they love it. And um, oh, everybody loves it except for the uncle whose car it happened to be. And for those of you who are curious about the two psychotic chickens, you can find that story on my live journal. Um. I don't know where. Look up Slice of Life as the tag, and I'm sure you'll find it. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I've always been a storyteller. So if your child wants to tell you a story, let her tell you a story. And um, encourage her creativity. But don't – there is a fine line between pressure and support. If she tells you, I I need a notebook – you, you buy her a notebook, you buy her some pens, you buy her a pencil, you buy her... I mean, if she needs time on the computer to, to write, you you give her that time. One of the things that my mother did right was never dismiss my dream to be a writer. She never said, oh, you'll never make money at that, you'll never be creative at that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be... Um, it's not worth your time. She never said that to me. I had an uncle who said that to me, and my mother cussed him out. So my mother was always very, very um, protective of my dream um, to be a writer. Even to this day, um, when she introduces me, she'll, she'll introduce me, she's a writer. Like, she'll say my name, and then she'll say, she's a writer. Cause she's so proud of it. And she has all my books. And um, she made sure all her friends has my books. And... uh Whenever she goes to a bookstore and, like, <laughs> whenever I have a new release. Now, when you have a new release, they'll they'll front your book, which means your book will be cover out. Now, eventually, after a couple of months, when your book is no longer new, your book won't be fronted. It'll just be the spine out, and, and there'll be other books that are fronted. My mother, whenever she sees a copy of my book in a store, she fronts it so everybody can see the cover. It's adorable. I've, I've caught her doing it. And it is the funniest thing. It is the funniest thing. And um, so, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things she does. It, it's just, it really amuses me. She, she fronts my books. And I'm sure that like, everybody in our town knows it's her. You know, <laughs> she's running around fronting my books. <laughs> it's very, very sweet. So, but just, she was very encouraging. But one thing she did wrong was um, there was no point in my um, childhood or even living at home where I could tell her I'm writing and she would go away. Even to this day, bless her heart, I love her. We could be out somewhere, like if like if she, if she comes to the cafe, um, she won't interrupt others that are writing, but she does not hesitate to interrupt me. <laughs> and I tolerate it because that's really her only issue on that front is um, sometimes I'll, I'll like hold up a hand and so I get my thought out and then I'll stop, pull my headphones off and ask, you know, what's up, what do you need? <laughs> but I never had time um, as a young writer in her home where I could say, I never felt comfortable saying, and I one time I did say it, she totally ignored me on it, that I'm writing, which is um, my way of saying, please go away, you're 
you're ruining my groove. But I couldn't say that to my mother. So I think if I would give parents any advice on growing a writer is um, while I, I don't expect you to let your kid shirk their chores or not do their homework in favor of writing, but if all their other stuff is done and, and, they, and they've done their homework or it's over the summer and they don't have homework and, and they're sitting somewhere and they're writing, let them write. Just let them write. Because when you get into that groove, it's so amazing as a writer to be in that groove and to get there and and to just stay there as long as you can. And it's just an awesome part of being a writer, getting lost in your own head. And having someone constantly interrupt you can be... God, it can be really, really fucking irritating. I'm irritating. It's just really fucking irritating. I mean, there's just no way around it. Now, here's the other side of that. Don't ask her, have you written today? Have you written this week? Are you going to write tonight? Don't. Don't ask her. She doesn't need that kind of pressure. Um, We've already discussed don't ask to see the work. Just wait for her to offer it. And and don't be hurt or offended if she doesn't. I would say that too. Don't be hurt or offended if you have a writer in your life who doesn't share what they write with you. Because some people never get to that point where they're willing to share their work. We have a writer in our writing group who's been a member of my group for well, groups, it's not an official thing. It's just we all meet in the same place on a regular basis and write. And she's been a part of our group for about eight years, and I have never read a single word she's published. I mean, that that she's written. She's not published. And In fact, she's never tried to get published. She's never entered any contests. She doesn't write for magazines. She doesn't um, keep a journal online. She just writes for herself, and she writes on a computer, and she's um, she was disabled out of, um, I believe, the Army. Prosthetic. Um, but I don't know the details. I never asked. So I don't know the details. Um, and I believe she was in the Army. And um, she's been a part of the group about eight years. And she came in one day, and she sat down. She was hovering, and she had a computer bag. And um, so I invited her to sit, you know, and um, I introduced everybody, and, you know, she introduced herself, and she she sat down, and she said her name, and she told us she was a writer. And we're like, okay, well, welcome. Welcome to our table. How do you like your coffee? Because <laughs> we like to know that kind of thing. <laughs> and no one at the table has ever asked to see her work. When we discuss work, sometimes she'll bring up something that she's writing or if she has a question about something, a technique that she wants to learn or, you know, if she wants to talk about um, world building in something or if she has um, a question or a problem, she, you know, she'll approach one of us. But none of us have ever asked to read her work, and she's never offered. Now, she knows she can offer because we offer each other our work all the time. And Azura found the, the psychotic um, um, chicken story, so I'm going to put it a link on um, on the journal, on the uh, radio show for you guys. For, the, um, for those of you who are not in the chat room, you can see it in the summary. 
anyways, uh, she knows she can because we often exchange work back and forth. So she knows she can be included in that process. She just really doesn't have any interest in being included in that process. And you don't. And pressuring her is the last thing any of us would do. There's just no. There's no need to pressure somebody to share their work. It's because it's so deeply personal. But um, respecting someone's writing time is super important. So if you have a young writer, you can just say, okay, um, if you tell me you're writing, I'm going to assume that you've done all your chores and you've done all your homework and now you're having your writing time and I'm going to go away. That's the way you do it. Um, and if you and if you respect that, hopefully she'll respect your rule about doing the homework and the chores first, if, if she has chores. And um, also, <laughs> and this is this is a big one. At the time, I was writing on a typewriter, and I smarted off to my mother. I was about fourteen. And she took my typewriter away from me. <sighs> For about a week. And um, she confessed having done this to my grandmother. And my grandmother said, what on earth did she do that was so terrible that you're doing this abusive thing to her? And my mother was floored. She didn't consider it an abuse. She considered it a punishment. Um, but my grandmother was, was livid. And she said, that's, that's, her, that's her very personal outlet, and you've taken it away from her. She said, that's like taking her diary away from her. What's wrong with you? So mom came home and gave it back to me, and she apologized. So if you have a young writer in your life, please, Please don't punish them by not allowing them to write in the method by which they do so. Don't take their notebooks away from them. Don't take their computer as a punishment. Don't take their typewriter. If you want to punish them by not having a computer, just turn off their Internet access. That's punishment enough. Don't take their writing away from them. Just don't. It is terrible. It is It is almost as bad as actually reading their work without without permission. And I know a lot of parents assume that their kids really don't have any rights until they're adults. And everything they are and everything they do belongs to their parents. And so they're entitled to read their diary or they're entitled to look at their cell phone or they're entitled to, you know, spy on their computer. Um, your kid's not a possession. Your kid's a little human being that you're growing. You're You're growing a person. And if you want them to be a respectful, honorable, decent person, you need to treat them with respect and honor and decency. So often you see these kids that are just fucking terrible, and you think to yourself, how did you get that terrible? And then you meet their parents, and you no longer wonder how they got that terrible because you know they got it from their parents. Space, respect their writing time. Um, hold them accountable for their chores and their homework. Absolutely. Respect, respect, respect. Um, don't let anybody piss on their dream and defend it. Defend their dream. 
And if you have a relative or if they have a sibling that asks the question, well, how are you going to make money doing that? You shut them down. You shut them down immediately because um, writers are born. They're not made. And you don't make a writer. You grow one. And that writer grows up in your world, and they are such a gift. And it's a gift um, that I hope you treat with um, a great deal of, of care and respect because it's amazing to have someone creative in your life. I I, I find myself very lucky to have other writers surrounded um, me, surrounding me both in re, you know in real like atmosphere time, like real life, and on the internet. Um, Rough Trade is such a gift to me because I am surrounded by other writers and. There is nothing quite like the creative energy that a writer brings to the table um, or an artist. You know, just if your kid likes to paint, let them paint. Don't demand that they do it. And my last piece of advice is um, they need to read. They need to read. Um, the best writers I know are avid readers. You, your craft grows and and you grow as a writer through experiencing the words of other people. So if, um, buy them books. Take them to the bookstore. Buy her a Kindle if you can afford it and it's within your means to supply her books that way. Um, encourage her to participate in... Um, in writing activities in a way that's not a demand that she do something. Do you want to go to the library? Do you want to go to the bookstore? Do you do you need a new book? <laughs> oh my God, that is the most horrible thing I have ever read, Sahara. Sahara says, and I'm pretty sure I'm fucking your name up. I'm sorry. Why couldn't you be named Jane? My parents did this reading did the reading of my stuff without permission. I liked writing noir type stuff, which I love, by the way. I think that's great. My family went batshit and told me I could only write books for toddlers because that was appropriate. Don't tell your kid what to write. Add that to the list of advice. Oh, Moose, so you're actually in the chat. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know... um, Writing is a very solitary in, um, endeavor as well, so don't let her get too um, closed in. Uh, you need experience to be a writer. You need to get out there in the world. You know, you need to go to the park. You need to go to the mall sometimes. You need to talk to your friends on the phone. You, you just need you need life. You need life in you to write. Um, so. Respect her work. Um, respect her writing time. Give her boundaries. Um, encourage her to read. Uh, read the same books she's reading. My Padawan's a writer. Um, I don't talk about him much anymore on the Internet because he's actually on the Internet now. And um, when he's not looking at porn on Tumblr, I think sometimes he's looking for me because <laughs> he doesn't know about Kira. <laughs> Well, he knows about Kira, but he doesn't know Kira's name. So I live in great fear that eventually he's going to find me on, on the Internet because he's a smart kid. Uh, 
Um, if there are any um, National Novel Writing Month, the website has uh, a, a a writer's option for kids. Um, so check that out. See if there's any local area. There's any local groups um, that are um, that are doing um, Nano for kids. Um, uh, also, I think there were some schools who did Nano for kids as well. So if there are any programs at school that you could get involved in, where there are creative writing or or reading groups, definitely encourage that. Um, I'm while I'm not suggesting that you let her read porn, I would suggest that you not be an alarmist on what she wants to read. Um, my mother let me read pretty much across the board almost almost anything I wanted to read. By, by the time I was 12 or 13, I, there, um, there wasn't much that I wasn't allowed to read. Um, I was reading at a college level, um, and there was very little that I read that I didn't understand explicitly already and I'd already had the sex talk so it wasn't like she was where I'd be exposed and she didn't actually buy porn or erotica of course erotica really wasn't a big back thing you know big deal back then um but let her read the YA stuff and and maybe even some of the non-explicit new adult stuff uh you know let her read the fantasy you know let her, uh, you know, let her go a little crazy on the on the book front. I mean, and I'm, I'm not like, like I said, I'm not suggesting you let her read something terrible. Like, I won't say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, but read books with her and talk to her about them and say, hey, you know, do you do you want to read the Percy Jackson books? Because I haven't read them either, and you know, we could read them together. And so I read a lot of books with my Padawan. We read Harry Potter together, which was a traumatic experience for us both. We read Percy Jackson. Um, we read uh, The Maze Runner and um, uh, that that whole series. And um, he. Um, so one day I asked him. I said, "Would you read for me The Old Man in the Sea?" And he said, "Yeah, sure," because you read all these books for me. So I bought it for him and I put it on his Kindle. And it's not a very long book. And he called me and he said, "What did you do to me?" Like, what do you mean? He said, what? What? Why did you do this to me? He says, does he have anything else? I said, yeah, he has a whole bunch of stuff. Hold on. So I sent him a whole bunch of stuff to his Kindle. And um, then he says to me, he says, you've got to read The Pearl. I said, I've already read The Pearl. What's wrong with you? And then he got into this whole thing where he had to read um, – He's um you know he's get, uh, he's getting into high school. He's in he um, he's in high school this year and he has read most of the books that are on his reading list. And um he called me and he said I I I got my reading list um my reading list for AP um uh freshman English and I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, I've read all but two of them." I said, "Well, there you go. <laughs> You're ready to go." <laughs> He hadn't read. Let's see. He had two to, um, to buy that that he hadn't already that he didn't already have on his Nook or his Kindle. I mean, someone said Nook in the chat room, and it kind of stuck in my head. Um, and that was uh, the Red Badge of Courage, and um, oh God, what's the one where the red fern grows? They're both red books. And he hasn't read those yet, so he had to buy those um, on Amazon for for reading. And um, but uh, his teacher was really surprised when he told her he had read most of these books. And then 
come to find out, his English teacher was my English teacher. And he said, well, my aunt is, and she to- and, and, and he told her, and she went, oh, oh, really? <laughs> so she's really um, excited to have him in class because um, I was one of her favorite students, and um, I've already exposed him to all of these um to these um, 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 to this writing, and um, he's just, you know, he's super excited as well. So it's it's really fun. So while I'm not saying you need to load your kid down with the classics, um, don't be afraid to expose them um, to, um, to to even things that make them cry, like the red fern grows, which is um, not a, not a favorite of mine, which is why my Padawan hadn't already read it. Um, I remember when he read White Fang, he called me and he said, so I read it, and I knew what he meant <laughs> immediately, and I was like, what do you think? And he was like, that's just one of the most awesome books I've ever read. <laughs> and I said, you liked it better than Call of the Wild? And he goes, yeah, I did. <laughs> so don't be afraid to expose your kids to um powerful but sad books because writing is supposed to move you words are supposed to to make you um to make you happy and to make you sad and to make you cry and just um to make you laugh and uh so if you can do anything for your young writer it, it instill in them the love of reading because reading is so much more than fundamental Um, I've read Little Men. I've read, you know, I've, I've read Little Women, of course. Um, I read, uh, um, it's just, there was just no, I ate books when I was young. My mom could not keep up financially with my book habit. So what would happen would be, which is why my reading became so, um, across the board is that, other people, other people in my family that we were, we're a family of, of readers, and so eventually, any book that got bought in the family ended up at my house, so I could read it. And there was a time when I was reading um, ten to twelve books a week. I was just—it was terrible. And then I got a library card, and it was like Christmas. It was like Christmas every day. <laughs> And there was a branch of the library just down from my house. And I would get off the bus at the library instead of going home. I would get off at the bus at the library, and I would go into the library, and I would um, pick out my books, and my mom would come get me on her way home from work. She would just drop by the library and pick me up because she knew I wouldn't be at home. <laughs> and the great part about going to the branch is that because I was at a branch library, the librarians would um, order me books from all the other branches. So I had, like, this whole big, huge library in a little building. It was definitely something like Doctor Who. Because uh, the first time I encountered a book I wanted to read that wasn't actually at the library, I was really upset. I said, but they, it's, it's not at this one. She says, oh, honey, we can order it. I was like, really? Awesome. And... Of course, you only get to keep them a couple of days if they're interlibrary loans, but um, that didn't matter because it was still awesome, and I've really enjoyed it. And so encourage your your, your young writer to read, to um, take them to books, uh, 
uh, encourage them to like history. It's important. Expose them to female and male writers. That's super important because um, there is a difference between us, uh, and um, uh, you learn so much. You learn so much from having a broad reading list. I mean that. I totally mean that. So, growing a young writer, respect their writing time, give them boundaries, give them the tools they need to write. Don't let anybody piss on their dream. Encourage them to read read with them, and if they give you a window into their writing, be so respectful of it. That's that's really all I can say about that. And um, I'm, I'm really thrilled you have a writer. Um, I'm, I'm really thrilled that there's two parents in the chat room who who have writers that they've that I've noticed in the chat. I haven't been watching the chat all that much. Um, I'm really proud you have writers. Um, good luck growing them, and uh, protect your garden. Uh, I want to also. Um, Say that I have a lot of airtime um, throughout the week that I don't use. I get two hours a day. So if you want to do some podcasts, um, like some pre-recorded podcasts, I can just upload um, on various subjects. Or if you want to do your own little show, contact me and we'll see what we can accomplish. Because I've got all this time that I'm not using, um, two hours a day every single day, and so uh, and I usually on these short and junk I use between 30 and 45 minutes so I still have about an hour of time every day that I'm not using for anything and I'll be more than happy to um, do a little uh, do a little podcast for you if you want to do podcasts or you know whatever I'm open but I would um, <laughs> ask you not to do anything more controversial than I already do which leaves you pretty much wide open and on that note, I want you guys to have a great evening. I plot buddied myself like three minutes before the show started, so now I have to get off this fucking radio show so I can go write. I'm going to have some writing time. You guys remember, no ass to mouth.